and welcome back to Tale of True Rivals, baby. I am your host, your random back-to-back -back dynasty champion, Todd FF Banterman Foster, and I am not joined by the runner-up last year. I am actually joined by the only other champion of our Dynasty League, Sean FF Walrus Kennedy. How are you, Sean? Oh, I'm doing quite well, Todd. How are you? I'm doing great, man. So um, it's great to be uh, on the cast with a fellow champion. Yeah, you know, uh, I think us champions we're we're a real minority here in this league, yeah. and you know, we really we have to band together in times like this. You know, I really respect your resume of uh, championships versus, um, you know, spreadsheets. So, um, you know, I'm... Yeah, it's, you know, it's a number I'm particularly proud of. I've, I've been working on it for a little bit now, and I really feel like, you know, spreadsheets don't equal championships, so keeping that number in control is important. Spreadsheets do not equal championships. You know what? Neither do ADOT or Ariards. All right, I'm not, I'm not going to bash it too much. Anyways... Dave would be with us. Dave's got stuff going on, so uh, we got Sean on here. Sean's going to be joining us from time to time now, and he's going to be part of the podcast. And, um, yeah, he's going to be a big part of the team. All right? So um, Sean is part of our home dynasty week. He, uh, I think, uh, I, Sean, I'm speaking for you, man. You're pretty excited to be part of this, aren't you? I am, yeah. This is something I've, I've kind of earmarked for a while, wanted to get in on and now that the world is shut down for the foreseeable future, I've finally had some time to do it. So, let's yeah, um, I'm pretty excited about this whole like extra time for podcasting at the very least. And the reason I say that is because everything else is so freaking depressing that I might as well be excited <laughs> about something in life. So I feel like uh, writing for uh, you know going to be trying to do a little bit more writing for uh, you know the fantasy dynasty uh, digest. You know, dynasty yeah. fantasy digest. I can't even get my own place right. And, um, you know, doing some more recording, that should be fun. Uh, but, yeah, man, I mean, uh, what have you been doing with, like, your locked-in time? Like, what have you been doing? Family-friendly show, Sean. Family-friendly yeah, show. Yeah, so I guess I'll modify for that. Um, <laughs> Red Salem's lot today for the unteenth time. That was pretty awesome. Working, nice. working here and there, sparsely. Pretending, yeah, I, like, you know, I'm getting out of my apartment anytime soon, so that's pretty right. nice. Yeah. I also, for anyone listening, I just want you to understand that, like, we're both in the educational field, and, um, yeah, we we weren't ready for this. No, no. <laughs> Wildly unprecedented. Yep, and we are uh, following a lot of directions from people and kind of just waiting to see where things go. Um, I think, honestly, I can say I just miss my students, and I hope they're fine. That's it. Yeah. You know? I mean, other than that, like, you know, we will we'll make it work, but... Um, you know, let's get back. Let's get away from the quarantine. Get back to football and talk about something else that's super depressing. And we are both giant Patriot fans, and Tom Brady is gone. Oof. Oof. Um, how are you handling it? Not well. Uh, my wife looked at me this morning and said, "So he's old enough to really retire to Florida with the rest of the snowbirds." And I, I never to, even thought about that angle. No, well I played, and Katie. I like to think that I'm well pretty quick, played. but I just You're... don't have anything to say. I just retreated from the room in my best Charlie Brown impression. You're, well, you are quite good at that. Your your yeah. wife is definitely quicker than you. Just just keep that in mind. It's 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 fine. You yeah, know? she's spry. Well, she's she's thin. She's lean. It's easy. She's fast. So, she's like Julie the cat, Gaffney. <laughs> nice. Dave loves the main references. So um, yeah. So 
I haven't thought about that angle because my whole thing is I really thought the Chargers because I thought about, you know, L.A., he's from California, probably wants to go back home to state. You know, it's probably a good place for his brand, good place for his wife's yeah. career, you know. But then, like, moving to Florida, I'm like, oh, yeah, old age, man, Florida. Yeah, I retirement really... community. That, that That's a good angle, Katie. It's yeah. a good angle. I had Didn't Indy pegged the whole way through, right up yeah. until Brady said he was leaving and Rivers signed there. I know, I know about you know the Frank Wright connection and everything, but yeah, yeah sure, for sure, Brady, sure. if he really wants to, you know, slam the door on some people's hands and go yeah. out with a bang, what could do that better than potentially going to Peyton Manning's right. home turf and winning a championship there? See, like, so for me, like, I think my my whole reason with Brady was it was the same reason as LeBron. Like for LeBron, it was more obvious. LeBron has his own media outlet. You know what I yeah. mean? I'm like. The guy has another career. He puts almost as much time into his basketball, you know? And that's not a knock on him as a preparing as a basketball player because, my God, the guy is plays like he's 22 still, mm. you know? But, like, it was about life after the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. those so, are restoration um, clinics aren't going to yeah. open themselves. But, you know, uh, I don't know. Maybe, um, you know, Brady's looking to invest in a few gentlemen's clubs because, you know, that's what Tampa's known for down there. So uh, it's true. Yeah, I mean, Godwin and Evans and... Uh, Howard isn't too bad, you know, it's better than what we had. So, now, here's my whole thing. Here's my unique take on this, is that I'm glad it's over because he was 42, he gave us the best years he had, but this has been something that's been hanging over our heads life after Brady forever. And it's not the fact that I'm not upset about it. I am upset about it. But now I really want to see who's a diehard Patriots fan. I honestly do, you know. Like, I want to see who's going to stick through it. I want to see what they're going to do. And I, you know what? I'm actually excited to see Belichick test himself now, you know? But um, I have a story that will make you scream in that vein. I was talking to a student about this like two weeks ago, and he asked me where I thought Brady was going to go. So I told him, like, you know, I think he's probably staying, but if he left, he's probably going to Indy. And the kid looked back to me and just said, I hope he does leave because it would be, you know, it'd be nice. The Patriots are getting a little stale. Like, they're boring. And it took every fiber of my being not to scream in his little tiny freshman face. Yeah, I mean... Because I, in the math, in my head, did the math of this kid's 14. Yep. So by the time he yep. was born, Brady already had three ranks. Yeah. He doesn't know who Marv Cook is. No. Oh, my God. Marv Cook. Um, yeah. For any of you who don't know, Marv Cook was the Pro Bowl tight end for our team. He was the only good player in the 90s. So, whoa, 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 whoa. You're just going to glaze Bledsoe. right past Ben Coates like that? No, this is pre-Coates, pre-Bloodsoe stuff. You know what I mean? Like, when I first you, became you a fan. You said 90s. I just wanted to make sure. Early 90s. Early 90s. Okay. But, yeah, but anyways. Um, so, like, I kind of like that kid's figure for a freshman. Like, that's a little more analytical than, like, oh, pretty sick. You know what I mean? So, yeah, at least I'll take that. But, um, no, I mean, like, I'm not in that kind of vein. My whole thing is that, like, I feel like we got bonus years and bonus Super Bowls out of him, like, sticking around. But, like, yeah. you know, now we get to see what the next era is like. So, um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's I know how... Every- interesting. Yeah. So, anyways, I know, like, everybody out here loves the Patriots. So, like, we could talk about it all day. But, you know, there's other fans that, like, don't like the Patriots. So, we should probably talk about what we came here to talk about, Sean. You know? Yes, I guess. Yeah. For those people outside yeah. of the five and a half states. <laughs> Yeah, you know they picked up some bandwagon fans. So anyway, <laughs> um, we are going to do a show where we're going to reflect on the free agent movement and how it relates 
to draft capital and dynasty movements and how those guys fit in those new landing spots. But there's no way we do that without Dave. So that's going to be the first episode with all three of us on the mic. And I can't wait to watch all three of us talk over each other. So it's going to be be like the United Nations. It's going to be beautiful. Well, I'm going to win because I'm by far the loudest. That's where my projection is just going to come into play. You got to have stamina in that game, Todd. I got plenty of stamina. It's not all about power. You might be a power bottom, but some of us are in this for the long haul. Keep it clean, Sean. Keep it clean. Um, (laughs) All right. So what Sean and I decided to do was um, we decided to talk about the best available free agents left and where their landing spots are going to go. So there's a few bigger names left. We did make this list up a few days ago, so... A few of them already landed, but um, but we're going to talk about them. They're like the newest signings. But we're going to look at some QBs, some running backs, and some wide receivers and tight ends and talk about where we think they're going to possibly land. So um, we're going to start off with QBs. And um, so Sean's going to have a take of where he thinks he's going to land, and I'm going to have a take to where he's going to land. So, um, Sean, did you have anything, like, in consideration for, like, where you thought your landing spots were going to be? Like, were you thinking about it more from, like, a cap space, a scheme space, like uh, an opening space? Like what were you thinking when you were picking these spots? Kind of all three, but not necessarily in that order. Um, You know, first was just opening. You know, who's in place, who's behind that person. Um, Second was cap space, which I was kind of doing on the fly. And then third was probably scheme. You know, how does this person fit into the overall puzzle versus just being a warm body? Yeah, all three were big for me, too. I mean, I would say I think my number one was cap. And then I think another part I put into is, like, what could you get in the draft? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, how would they spend their capital? You know what I mean? So, like, if you're going to go sign one of these QBs we're going to talk about, are you not looking to spend a first or second round draft because you have other things you could be doing that with more efficiently, you know? Yeah. And, and then For and me, then these the, QBs that are left, I just wrote off. They're not going to any of those teams. Right, I, I agree. So the other thing too, though, is I also have to chalk it up to um, how bad some of these teams are in some situations. <laughs> like, like that is totally part of it, and they just make these crazy moves. Uh, the one team I think that people are thinks really bad is just kind of predicting the inevitable, but we'll get into that very soon. So, um, first QB on the list is other than then, the the former number one overall pick, Jameis Winston. So Sean. I'll let you start off. Where do you think he's going? Yeah, um, I went back and forth on this one, and I didn't really like any answers I came up with, but the one that really just kept standing out was the Steelers. And I think Jameis is good and terrible all at the same time, and that just screams Ben Roethlisberger to me, (laughs) who just comes up with dynamite plays, and then you look at him, and he has a beard down to his ankles now, and... Who knows what's going on with that guy? Oh, his tweet, um, his Twitter video was amazing oh, today. It was insane. It was insane. Um, but I think you know that same kind of gunslinger, Brett Favre mentality of huck it, chuck it football is Jameis through and through. Uh, and um, you know the Steelers—they don't have a ton of cap space though. But I think they saw it last year. Like their quarterbacks are better at swinging helmets than throwing footballs. Right, and if they could get Jameis in there for a minimum contract, you know, maybe something like three mil, which seems to be about the average backup contract. That's maybe a third of their cap space, but you know, they gotta at some point start thinking post Roethlisberger, and maybe this is it. Yeah, and so do you think he signs more than like one year, or do you think he's just looking at a one year deal? I think two, two. Yeah, I, I, at I least think minimum just, two. just to bridge in case Roethlisberger gets hurt again. 
Yep. Or he starts doing the thing two years ago where after every loss, he's like, well, I could retire tomorrow. Do you think there's a market where Winston can get more than two years on a deal right now? I don't. No, I don't think so. I don't think there's enough no. openings. No, I don't either. So I feel like at best he's getting a two-year deal somewhere. If he gets three, he should count himself lucky. You yeah. Know? So um, I think yeah. outside of these teams that are predict- projected to take quarterbacks in this draft, nobody else is really even close to being in transition. I actually really like that take, by the way, because I've never thought about Big Ben and Jameis being similar. Um, in a lot of ways, they're not. But from the gunslinger mentality, like the you know the big bang versus the big like pick, you know what yeah. I mean? It they really are very similar. Yeah. I haven't really <laughs> thought about that, and uh, that would be a really good fit. I actually could totally see that happening from a backup standpoint. Um, so for me. Um, the team that I thought of was in the 11th hour. We were actually talking right before. And I feel like when I said this, it was like the light bulb went off and I just felt like I just had it. So I really feel confident about this pick. And I went with Houston. Hmm. Now, the reason I went with Houston more than anything is, is the fact that Deshaun Watson is a free agent after this year. That team is in shambles. Deshaun Watson is probably not going to be a Texan after this year. So what do you do? You go out, you get Jameis Winston on a two-year deal. Now, don't forget, people, he just had eye surgery. He could be better (laughs) now. All right? So you're buying low on a very young QB who has – I mean, let's be honest. Jameis Winston has shown the ability to be a good quarterback in the NFL. He's also seen the ability to be a really bad quarterback in the NFL. But there's been spots where you could see some promise there. And he's not that old, you know? So to me, you're looking at Jameis on a two-year deal. The year after Watson leaves, Jameis gets to potentially be the starter, or at least in the competition, right? Yeah. And then, you know, Watson leaves. You already had a year with him in your system. And then you get to go roll with Jameis Winston as your QB in Houston. And not to mention... O'Brien's crazy, and so is Winston. Seems logical. <laughs> Seems logical. Yeah, Winston's I really like had... that take because I think Watson's got to be thinking, "How do I get out this door?" Like, yeah, they're just a house why would, fire. Down why there. would you stay? Why would you I stay? I can't imagine why you would. The market for him is going to be huge. Teams are going to be opening up the purses for him. Yeah, O'Brien's I, I, refused to put an offensive line around him year in and year out, and he just traded away his best weapon for nothing for peanuts. Right. I mean. I have no idea, like, so so the dream for me right now is Deshaun Watson in a Patriots uniform next year. <laughs> what do you think, buddy? Oh. So, uh, yeah, so, um, yeah, so I, I think that makes the most sense. If I totally could see that happen, and when it does, like, I'm going to be in our group chat being like, I called that, because that, <laughs> that was, I mean, that that's, that, that's a good take. Yeah, it's, pretty <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably one of my better takes in a while. <laughs> so it's not going to happen just because I'm gloating now. But, no, um, but it'd be nice. I mean, the biggest impediment to that is that Winston had eye surgery to fix his long field vision, not his color blindness. Unless that gets under control, then you know, the kid's still got a world of problems. Yeah. All right, so that's Jameis. He was the number one QB we have left on the board. Um, so the funny thing, too, is like we – I. Okay, actually, I shouldn't say we. I made this list, so this is not reflecting on how you rank people, all right? I rank him one, and I rank Cam Newton two. Would you yeah. agree with that for, like, yeah, who's left? I would. Okay, fair. I could totally feel like if people want to really argue with me about that, that's totally fine because 
when they're both healthy, Cam Newton's significantly better than Winston, but Cam Newton's never going to be healthy again. So, no. <laughs> um, no. yeah, so, um, all right, so I'll, I'll kick this one off. So my take was, I really have no clue what's going to happen with Cam Newton, honestly, because, you know, he you really can't trust him, you know? You know, he looks like when he was throwing the ball sometimes last year, like it hurt to throw the football. Mm. Like, typically if you're QB, like it literally looked like you were watching um, uh, Any Given Sunday with, um, <laughs> with like, what's the QB's name that Quaid played? Whatever. Everyone knows what I'm talking about. If you haven't seen that movie, go see it. So, um, yeah, so. That's going to kill me now. Yeah, it's going to drive me nuts. Um, yeah, so like it literally looks like his shoulder just killed, right? Yeah. They called him Cap the whole time. Cap. That's all I can think about now. Cap. <laughs> Rooney. Cap Rooney. Cap Rooney. Uh, yeah, there we go. Cap Rooney. <laughs> Master's degrees. <laughs> there we go. Anyways. And if, by the way, Willie Beeman's a Kiwi to have. So, um, it looks like he hurt, like, throwing the football at times, right? Yeah. But for me, so what makes sense here? Well, Ron Rivera's on the new team in Washington. Dwayne Haskins doesn't really seem to be a guy that people are super high on, which really makes me angry to a degree for the record. <laughs> like, Sean was in our league, and he remembers how pissed I got that Dwayne Haskins won the second oh, round of our super fight. Wouldn't stress. stop talking about it. I was flipping out. I'm pretty sure I called you all idiots. Like, I was, like, very insulting. I don't take it back. <laughs> it was totally warranted. Like, Haskins was a beast at Ohio State. And, like... He, he can make every NFL throw. Let's keep in mind that Haskins is in Washington. Every career dies in Washington. It was like, once he got drafted there, it was like, I hate his landing spot. I get it, but it's still a starting QB, you know? Mm-hmm. So, now you got Rivera. I don't really see him as like a... He's kind of like more of an old-school, stuck-in-his-way kind of a coach. I don't really see him as like an innovative offensive mind, per se. So, I could totally see him being like kicking the tires with Cam, bringing him in. And I'm not saying Cam's going to start over Haskins, but I kind of feel like you're seeing Cam becoming like what RG3 was, you know, where RG3 was having that turn. Now he's actually a pretty darn good backup, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's kind of coming, and where's the best place to start that journey? And I would say in Washington maybe. And I think that Washington has – the ability to make that move. So, Sean, before I get your take, I do got a question for you. All right. Do you believe that Cam Newton can still be a starting quarterback in the NFL? In a vacuum, yes. And in the NFL landscape, no. Because I think teams are either too established in having their guy or they're, you know, they have somebody on a rookie contract in the first two years. And why bother? You know, why are you going to bring in a guy who's been mercilessly beat up over the last better part of a decade? And I think what's really leaving in a bad taste in everybody's mouth and will leave a bad taste in my mouth if I was a team's GM is all the drama surrounding the Liz Frank injury last mm, year. Was yep. he hurt? Was he not? How bad was it? Did he need surgery? No, he didn't. Oh, wait, it turns out he does and his season's over. And now all of a sudden this team that everyone's talking about in a wild card spot is screwed. Right. You I, know, and I think if you can't have baseline honesty from your quarterback, why are you going to take the chance on a guy that already has a number of red flags? That's 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 fantastic. I mean, for me, I just don't think he has a good shoulder. 
<laughs> yeah. I mean, so if anybody wants a great take on Cam Newton as a potential starting quarterback, listen to what Sean just said. I just don't like his shoulder situation. That was fantastic, yeah. man. But I, I mean, like if that. You, if you take the shoulder, if you take the foot, if you take the downfield pass yeah. already not being great, he's beat up, he's older, he's slower. Those are all negatives, and if you can't trust him to either A, realize his own limitations, or B, shoot you straight about what they are, yeah. why are you going to make the investment and saddle your star to his wagon? 100%. 100%. Unless you're Ron Rivera and you still believe in him. So, That's true. You know what I mean? So, what's your take? So, my my take, it kind of it fell into that similar vein as my thinking of Winston, of just... What's a comp? What kind of makes sense? Where's a place where he could slide in and should that quarterback go down? Yeah, right, he can run the same system. He can do similar things, and nothing is changing too much. And the first thing that jumped out at me was Arizona. You know, Kyler seemed to have the same kind of hype that Cam did coming out. He's not nearly as big. He's not nearly as fast. and He's not the same force that cam was coming out of auburn but it's that same idea a mobile quarterback he's now got these kind of shifty receivers and a quick offense he's throwing a lot of passes and maybe he just slides in there gets the paycheck is more of a mentor Mm -hmm. to kyler and you know should kyler go down something happens hey cam can slip in he can kind of you know run the same offense to a degree you know i think if it's an air raid-ish kind of system, the downfield targets are limited for Cam, but you know you could trust him to get in there and throw the ball 70 times a game and see what happens. Maybe. Yeah, um, absolutely. I, I didn't like that landing spot, but that was that was the best I could come up with for him because I just he feels like a man out of time to me. So I love that take. The only thing I don't like about the take is I don't see Cam Newton wanting to be a mentor. I, yeah, I, I, I yeah. just don't I just don't think he's that type of player. I think that he's the man. You know? Um he's get me wrong, I don't I think Cam Newton has done a lot of great things for the community, but I think as an athlete, I just don't see that in him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So my take was more about him potentially fighting for a starting spot, right? With his old coach. If we're coming from a backup standpoint, which is something I don't think I fully wrap my head around, right? I think Arizona makes complete sense, right? So a couple more that I thought about were, what about him in Baltimore? Probably a better backup than RG3, right? And then you can look at him as Houston, right? Yeah. Maybe kick those tires. He doesn't work out in year two. You draft the QB. Um, I think the Chargers, obviously, with Tyrod, like, why not make that a QB competition, you know? Um, but then, you know, actually my favorite landing spot with him would be, if he's going to be a backup, would be Seattle. Ooh. Yeah, that could be interesting. Like, having think, him back up, like, Russell Wilson. So, like, if Russell Wilson went down, you have Cam Newton coming in. Like, that'd be nice. Yeah. I think, you know, those are all pretty good spots. Um, especially with L.A., you know, if they're going to, they're thinking they're tailoring that to Tyrod. That's not dissimilar from Cam's style. Yeah. Um, and... I don't know. The only one I think that I'd rule out there is Baltimore just because he's probably an upgrade or RG3. I think you're right on that front, but I think you got to figure locker room presence, right? You're not yeah. bringing in somebody who's going to push Jackson because does Jackson yeah. really need to be pushed? And I think if you mess with the chemistry of that weird Heisman line that they loved yeah. running last year of 
Jackson yeah. and RG3 and Ingram all in the field at the same. You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. not, the juice isn't going to be worth the squeeze there. But I like those other ones. Yeah, I mean, the other thing, too, is, like, RG3 is, like, he's established in the system. And RG3, like, lit it up in preseason. He's just, like, we haven't got to see him play, obviously, because of Jackson. But, um, yeah. And the other thing about the Chargers, too, is they're probably going to draft a QB. If they don't draft a QB in the first round, I'll be very surprised. Do you think they trade up? Uh, I think they'll try. Yeah. Um, I also could see them moving on from, like, keeping with Taylor, continuing to make that defense disgusting. Because mm. there's just, like, some... Like, so we talk... When, when, from a fantasy football standpoint, everybody talks about how loaded this draft is. There are some freakishly good defensive players in this draft. Like, like Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons, Chase Young. Um, there's just some sick, sick, sick defensive players in this draft. So, um, we'll see. But anyways, enough on that. Let's move on. We shouldn't talk that long on any of these guys, honestly. <laughs> so, um, I'm trying to pick up the pace with this one. So, uh, Andy Dalton, which, you know, by no means is really good anymore. Um, he's serviceable. He's a good vet. I mean, I think to a certain degree he's a little underrated just because he is serviceable. Like, he's not a scrub. He's a serviceable quarterback. He's a game manager. I would say that he's today's Trent Dilfer. You know what Ooh, I mean? Yeah, I like that. So, um, with that said, um, I think the Patriots look for the next Trent Dilfer. And um, we take him on for a year and see what happens. Like, Stidham is not ready to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots next year. People will say, like, let's throw him out there and see what he has. You don't throw a quarterback in a situation when they're not ready. That's just a perfect way to kill the development. That's how you get you... Josh Rose. Exactly. Thank you. Perfect example. What you could do is you have Dalton come in, play the first half, have Sidham come in and blow up times, and then you start developing throughout the season. You bring in a guy that, like, I can see Andy Dalton being cool as a mentor. He's just like, thanks for giving me a job. Yeah. You know what I mean? And going there. Now, Jeff Howe says that it's not on the plans. Which, you know, Jeff's, Jeff's a pretty reliable source with The Athletic. But, like, what's the plan then? You know what I mean? I'm not talking about, like, whoever the Patriots are going to come in right now. I don't see whoever's going to be the quarterback in 2020 as the quarterback in 2021. Mm. That's my thought right now. If I'm thinking about the Patriots, their future QBs in 2021, whether it's Deshaun Watson or Lawrence, Fields, or Purdy out of that draft class, right? So... They have to have a holdover because it's not going to be Sidham. If not Dalton, who? Brian Hoyer? <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. He got cut. He knows the system. But we were really going to go with Brian Hoyer? Yeah, been there, done that. But if I had to pick a backup quarterback, Sean, you I want? I want Matt Shaw, baby. I want that grizzly vet. You know, go from Matt one old quarterback. Yeah, he's been behind Matty Ice for too long, man. <laughs> Give him a shine. Let's go. Let's get Matty Schwab some stats, but um, no, nah, they're never gonna let him go. But um, yeah, so he's been like their back. He's the straw that years. stirs the drink. How could you let him go, dude? If Matty Ice actually went down, like Schwab has been in that system for like six years. They're good. <laughs> so um, yeah, so I I think Andy Dalton just makes sense for the Patriots, like just for a short term piece, and like he wouldn't cost much to get. Like why not? Mm. So what do you got? I like that. I wouldn't, as you know, as a Pats fan, that would be fine with me. I think 
Dalton's one of these guys where like his ceiling's not very high, but just being trapped in Siberia over there in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's a lot more down on him than I think they probably should be. Not that they should be a lot higher on him, but I don't think he gets the credit that he's due. So I think him coming in here, you know, with a coach that can really scheme that specifically for his players and Bill, right, would would be good. And you know, and that pushes it off. I hate seeing all these mock drafts where they say they have to take Jordan Love because Tom Brady left. Well, no, no, they don't. They can do exactly what you just outlined, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. Yeah, and, and so like I put it, so I didn't put this out on Twitter or anything. Like I think I just wanted the discussion between my friends. With all this thing going on, I'm just like, you know, just trying to talk with my friends about some things a little bit more. And, like, I posed the question about the QBs. It's like, Jalen Hurts or Jordan Love are your options right now. You yeah. know what I mean? I don't dislike either QB choice, but I'm not really confident in calling either a franchise QB. In my opinion, you can take a dice roll in other positions, not a quarterback. Correct. Like, if it's a quarterback... You're committing to that position. Actually, you know what? The only other position I can think about that with, offensive tackle. Mm, I was going to say, like, a first-round safety. Sure. I could say that. You know what I mean? First-round safety, absolutely. I'm just saying tackles in general because, you know, if you're going to put the draft capital and you want that guy to be solidified as like your blindside yeah. guy. And think about guys like Trent Williams, Jason Peters. They never leave. You know what I mean? You get a blindside tackle, you keep him. You oh, know? Yeah. Joe Thomas, like, they don't leave, you know? It's not about loyalty. It's the fact that, like, you don't want to give it up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, so those are the two positions, I think, that, like, you, when you make that cap investment, like, you're confident that, like, this is your guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Or otherwise, you just wasted some serious cap space, you know? I mean, it's cap, it's some draft capital, you know? So, anyways, yeah. I did, I, you know, um, I did like to take. Um, I think that... To tell you the truth, if I had to pick between one of us who I think has a better chance of being right, probably you. You know, I think my pick's more like, I wish this is what they would do. <laughs> you know, because it makes a lot of sense. But um, I could totally see him being a really good fit. And for the Jags, like, it actually makes sense because, you know, with Minshew there, like, I think Minshew could be a starter. I don't think he's... Yeah, and I think that, a... that's why I picked the Jags out, because I think Dalton's one of these guys. He knows what the writing on the wall says. and Right. You know, they're, who knows what's going on down there. They're right. shipping everybody out of town. You had the NFL Players Association last year telling people not to go to Jacksonville because it's such right. a dumpster fire. Right. And, you know, they they, sh- they sign Foles. They ship them out. Fine, whatever. You know, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Foles guy, so I'm not going to tell you that that was a good signing. Um, but I, I wouldn't say Minshew's the guy. You know, he was like a sixth-round pick. He was all right. He's got a hell of a look. Get me some of those jean shorts, but uh, you know who knows yeah. if he can really ball out if he's going to be your franchise QB. So I think bringing in Dalton, who can kind of maybe help him get some polish on his game and see if he can take that next step. And you know what? If he can't, you got Andy Dalton. You got the game manager. You got the guy who can get the ball to Westbrook and DJ Chark and can just turn around and hand it to Fournette. And yep. you're not in the worst spot. Exactly. I yeah. I I think it's yeah. It totally would work. I think either of those makes sense, and he'll probably end up going somewhere else. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he'll go to Houston, uh, right? Yeah. With every... <laughs> He's the answer to the post Watson yeah. era. That'd be amazing. <laughs> to be such an O'Brien thing to do. Um, all right. So halfbacks. So our number one was Melvin Gordon, Oops. and obviously, um, 
We both were wrong. We both said Tampa. Um, and then he went to Denver, which was so weird. <laughs> um, now, in all honesty, like, it's weird because, like, Lindsey and Freeman, I thought that was a really good combo. You know what I mean? Mm. And I thought it was a good, like, you could have drafted, like, one more guy in, like, the sixth round to be, like, your third back that could have been, like, a solid player. You know what I mean? But, like, it's not a bad contract. It's getting eight mil a year for two years. You know what I mean? Like, the yeah. market, like, really dried up on him, you know? Um, that holdout really oh, hurt him, yeah. dude. Talk about a backfire. Well, I think, yeah. to me, if anything, that just screams that Denver is very confident going into this year. They really are, man. And honestly, like, it, I I think I'm a buyer on Drew Locke. I really do. I, yeah. I think that, like... The kid flashed. What, he went four out of five last year? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, from a fantasy standpoint, he didn't, like, blow down any doors. Like, he had, like, a couple of good games. But for me, it's more like the confidence is there, you know? Mm. So, um, for, for me, like, the thing I found weird about it is, is, like, spending the money on it. It was kind of like... Like, your running backs look good. Like, I felt like Robbie Anderson, like, might have been a better choice for this team because they're, like, desperate at, like, wide receiver. So they still have the money, but I was kind of like, eh, maybe they do both. But, um, yeah, I really thought Tampa was it. But, you know, hey, now Denver has three running backs. Like, it's a fantasy nightmare. So yeah. if you have Melvin – I mean, obviously out of the three, like, Melvin Gordon is, like, the guy to have. If you have Lindsey and Freeman, that sucks. So, yeah. like, what made me most curious about this was like what's Gordon's end game? So all right, he slides in there for two years because with the guaranteed money, he's definitely not out after one. Right. But but then what? You know, he's still gonna be trying to play for another contract afterwards, but who's right. gonna give him more than two years when he's thirty years old? See the see the funny thing about like a two year contract at like eight per, I'm saying to myself like why not go for like one at ten? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, prove it, and then, you know, you could get a bigger payday. And you know, the other thing that makes me feel really weird about this is, Phil Lindsay's a good football player. Like, he's produced in two years there. 1,000 yards, two years, averaging eight touchdowns a year, catching over 30 balls. Like, what's wrong with that? And Royce Freeman was their second leading receiver, so he was a perfect compliment. It's just kind of like they just needed to add, like, a. it's kind of like taking the Patriots pope where you had, like, you know, I mean, Michelle sucked, but let's just call it what it is. So, Sonny <laughs> Michelle, Burkhead, White, you know what I mean? Like, they just kind of rotated through those guys, yeah. you know? And, like, you had those three guys, and that's what you needed, like, you know? It, but whatever. I mean, he's on he's he's on the Broncos, and it's a nightmare of a fantasy situation. <laughs> so, um yeah. Yeah. Give me no shares in that backfield right now. Right. To figure that out. Right. If, if I have Melvin Gordon, I'm like, I guess I'm just seeing this through now. <laughs> yeah. And Feel if like I stand on the Titanic. Oh, man. If you have Philip Lindsay, I am sorry, dude. I actually really like Philip Lindsay. Um, but what are you going to do, you know? Um, all right. So the next one we had was uh, Devontae Freeman, who just got cut, obviously, from the Falcons. Uh, everyone kind of saw that move coming. Uh, saved them three point five million, six million cap and dead cap. It's not that big of a not that big of a deal for them. Um, yeah, but now this is a player that's like not healthy a lot, you know. Yeah. So you're gonna see him not getting big paydays, right? So he's been to the Super Bowl, and he lost it in a heartbreaking fashion. 
don't remember who they lost to, but they lost in heartbreaking fashion in the Super Bowl. I don't know. I'll have to go back and see who won that game. Um, I think it was 28-3 to at one point, and they mm. lost, right? Well, the good news is you have time to do the research now. I do have time to do the research. Yeah, it was 23 at one point, then whatever team came back and won. So, anyways, um, yeah, so I, for me, the I now that Gordon's signed where he was, I had him going somewhere else, but now this makes sense for me for Tampa. I mean, Tampa just signed Tom Brady. You're not going to sign a 42-year-old quarterback if you're not going to try to compete right away. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so, um, so, I'm not saying, like, Freeman comes in and becomes the guy. I think you go by a running back by committee, right? So, he's the perfect complement depth veteran you want in a team clearly going for it, you know? Freeman's never been a guy you've ever heard stirring any pots. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. He's been a good pro, and he's been a productive pro. He's been to the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Like, he's been a star in the league, you know? He's a cheap, proven guy who knows how to win football games. Ronald Jones is not your guy. He's part of the plan. He's part of the committee. So you bring in Freeman, Jones, and then they have some, you know, they had some interesting guys like Anderson and stuff like that that was on the roster. I don't know if he's still there. Or you just draft another guy with some late draft capital, and then you have a nice little running back by committee to go along with Brady and that crazy pass attack, you know? And Freeman can't catch the ball, and so can Jones, you know? So those are two things that I think make sense. And they don't have to spend a lot of money, yeah. you know? And, like, you put them on a contract, it doesn't work out, you part ways, you know? But that was my take. What do you got? Yeah, I like that one. Um, you know, I think he would be a good compliment to Jones, who flashes and then burns out quicker than some kind of chemical process I can't begin to understand. But I had Freeman landing with the Chiefs. Now, right now, the Chiefs have absolute no wiggle room at all for cap space. But they can cut Watkins and save themselves a ton of money. Now, Watkins, after the season, was like weirdly flirting with retirement on Twitter. And by the way, if you don't follow him on Twitter, follow him. He is far and away the best player in the NFL to follow on Twitter. <laughs> nice. He thinks he's a lizard person. It's amazing. It's absolutely. When you need a smile, you go to Sammy Watkins' Twitter. But I think for the Love guy it. who was effectively their fourth receiver last year, they're paying him a ton of money, right? Tyreek is Tyreek. He's amazing. They have Travis Kelsey. What else is there to say about him? And Mecole Hardman showed a lot last year, and he's going into year two. He's only going to get better. So they're not going to burn all this money on a guy to show up for week one and then maybe a catch or two in the playoffs. Right. So if he's gone, that changes their whole calculus on everything. Now they have some other things they need to do, some defensive pieces that they probably need to add. But oh yeah, if they bring in Freeman, that frees them up to do a lot. And I think what solidifies that more in my mind than anything now is that Gurley signed one year, five mil, which means that if you're Freeman, you're out there looking for a little bit less than that. Because nobody's going to give you Todd Gurley money because you're Devonta Freeman. Well, he was never Todd Gurley to begin with. Exactly, right? So he can't roll in there and say, well, Gurley got five. I need five. But if, if they can pick him up for one year at three and a half, why wouldn't they? I don't even think Freeman's worth three and a half right now. 
like, so like think, what? If you think less, then that just proves my point even more. Because what are they really right. going to do? They're going to say, no, we're cool. We got Damian Williams. Like, yeah, he was great in the Super Bowl, but right. they didn't believe in him enough to give him a contract. They just picked up his option. See, so the thing about me is, is like the reason why, like, I don't, I totally can see it happening. It makes sense. Like your rhetoric and all that makes sense. The reason why I don't see the Chiefs is why not just keep McCoy at the, at the vet mint? You know what I mean? Like for me, with Sean McCoy signs a vet mint and goes for another ring. You know what I mean? Sean McCoy's made enough money than he ever needs for the rest of his life. You know what I mean? He just won a title. I don't see McCoy in free. McCoy's better, in my mind. If I think who's a better, more productive player right now, it'd be McCoy. Because he actually stays on the field, you know? But Yeah, he was a healthy scratch for them a lot this year, though. I get that. I get that, but I also think that's where uh, I also think Darwin Thompson's going to start getting a lot more touches this year. I think Darwin Thompson was very, very green. He did get a couple carries in the Super Bowl. You know what I mean? I yep. mean, I'm not trying to like, whoa, Darwin Thompson took this ball in the Super Bowl, but it means something. In the biggest game of the year, they let him touch the ball. <laughs> you know what I mean? Let me throw a, a Chiefs what if your way. Let's say they okay. don't, they don't sign Freeman. They don't sign anybody. Mm-hmm. Do they draft somebody? No. So Thompson's their guy. Well. What I mean by they don't draft anybody, I don't see them drafting. So here's the thing. I should go back and say, everybody thinks the Chiefs are going to take a, like a running back in the first round. You know what I no. mean? Yeah, I saw a mock today that had Swift. No Yeah, way. no. Too no. many other needs. No. I think that that's the thing, though, is like people need to stop thinking about this from like that that end. Like it makes no sense. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, like why would they do that? You know, they can go out and go get Freeman or something like that and just prove it that way. You know what I mean? And plenty of good running backs come out of not the first two rounds of the draft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we could go on and do a list, but that's going to be a huge tangent. Yeah. Maybe for another time for me on a tangent. We already talked up Phil Lindsay. That's it. He gets another plug today. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, like, to me, it's just kind of like, doesn't make any sense. So, like, Thompson is a good player. He's a, he's a good athlete. He could fit. So, like, I would say, like, does Freeman make sense for the Chiefs? Sure. But I just say, like, why not just keep McCoy then? You know what I mean? And, like, unless McCoy retires, you know? Like, we haven't really heard anything from McCoy and what his plans are this year. Like, for yeah. next year for football. You know what I mean? And even if he does, like, I don't know, they'll go kick the tires on somebody else, you know? So, um, yeah, but I could totally see the Chiefs. But here's the thing. Let's talk about Devontae Freeman. So, it's a fantasy podcast. So, let's get down to it. Ceiling, floor, what are you thinking? RB1, RB2, RB3, RB4. If, if you're below an RB4, there's no reason to even take you i'd say i'd say baseline real back end rb2 high of like you know rb14 maybe with with the right landing position if he stays healthy okay so 14 tops yeah that's where you're going with okay yeah i'd say that i'm probably gonna say like what okay so 14 would be high rb2 dude because you get yeah, 12, yeah, would, high, no, high end. His floor would be back end RB2. His ceiling would be like 14. Okay, got it. So you're looking at him from a back end standpoint, so we'll just say 24 and then high end. I'm going to say his ceiling to me is back end, which is we're looking at 22. You know? Okay. And then I would say his floor is RB4. Because... I don't see him staying healthy, you know? Mm. But my whole point is, is like, if he stays healthy in the right offense, you got an RB2 that would have been a guy who should have been a last-round pick. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, that's that to me is more like what I'm thinking about with Devontae Freeman, you know? Um, so, yeah, so you are high-end RB2, and you're looking at so top 14s, and then we'll say 24 here. Okay. Got it. So, um, yeah. Yeah, he's droppable as far as I'm concerned in some in some sort of in some ways. But I am having some major formatting issues. There we go. We don't edit, folks. We don't edit. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, um, let's talk about the next guy, Lamar Miller, who <laughs> is a darling of mine. Um, so, for these next few running backs, I'm going to say we're going to spend less than 30 seconds on each. Just let's just get through them real quick. All right. So, for me, Houston, cheap contract, nosy offense, gets a team friendly contract, cut him, doesn't pan out, whatever. Um, I want him to be good. But he's, even though he's been a giant disappointment on my fantasy teams in the past, <laughs> um, I actually drafted him and Andrew Luck in the same night. I don't oh. know if anybody knows that. Oh. I was at a bar with our friend Brian, and I drafted uh, Miller. He got hurt, and then I drafted Luck, and he retired. It was it was rough. It was the roughest draft of my life. But um, what did you think? Um, I had the Pats. To me, he screams Patriots retread. Yep. You know, I can see that. Injured, banged up. Other people in the backfield with him. Everyone's real down on him. People are overlooking yep. him. They sign him for the minimum or somewhere that close to. He doesn't have to catch, which is good because he can't really catch. Michelle wasn't <laughs> great last year. So, you know, they put somebody else in the backfield with him. Uh, yeah. That, that was that was my landing spot for him. Yeah, I like it. I mean, that totally makes sense. It fits the Patriots um, like makeup. Um, so, LaShawn McCoy, obviously you heard what I said. Casey... Why not stay and go for another ring? He's useful at times. Uh, what did you think? Yeah, so I, I think Casey's going to be done with him. Like I said, they're going to bring somebody else in. But I think once they do, he's going to go back to Buffalo. For the yeah. same thing, lighter, lighter contract, they're going to put him in the backfield with Singletary because I don't think Singletary's an every-down guy. Yeah. And I think, you know, just put McCoy in there, let him bruise, basically have that same Frank Gore role, and and that'll be that. For yeah, him. I like that. Um the only reason I wouldn't say that is like, does McCoy want to move back to Buffalo? You know, it, well, nobody wants to move to Buffalo, right? He's it's just, cold, he's, he's bro. Commuting. It's cold. Okay. Like we're from Massachusetts, and it's cold. <laughs> so, yeah. So uh, Carlos Hyde. So there's zero time takes. Lions. Why not? He sucks. They suck. He's a plotter. Uh, Carryon's not going to be able to take all that punishment this year. Go look it up. He's not. Go trip. If you have Carryon Johnson, please go sell him. Before he's useless. Um, and they're going to focus on bigger needs. That team has a crap load of holes. They're terrible. You know? Um, I'd be surprised if Patricia makes it out of this year. So um, He's gone. Probably. Um, man's my doppelganger. Says anyone else what I look like. So, um, yeah. So, anyways. What's your take? Uh, I think he's staying put. I think Houston will bring him back. Um, I still don't. I'm having a hard time wrapping my head around the... Uh, Hopkins trade, but there. I mean, Johnson's not he's not gonna be twenty sixteen Johnson, which I feel like for some reason Bill O'Brien thinks he will be. You know, yeah. I think he's like Liz Lemon's brother in Thirty Rock who got hit in the head and he's perpetually <laughs> stuck in a year, and that's why he's giving Randall Cobb all this money too. Fair, fair. Um and I just where else is he gonna go? There doesn't seem to be a big market for him. And I think Houston actually has a need for him when Johnson fair. gets hurt or is ineffective or needs a spell. You know, they can bring him in. 
Right. At the end of the day, there's no market for Carlos Hyde because he's not that good. Moving right. on. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, the so man's the, career was murdered by Nick Chubb, and the Cleveland police covered it up. But. <laughs> so, that's amazing. So, um, number six I actually have is the low-end guy. It was Dion Lewis. Uh, I have this as a zero-time guy, but there, I actually think I really like this take. I really like him on the Bills. Mm. Um, I really like his a compliment to Singletary. Um, he's good, cheap. He's an experienced third down option. You know, if you have a little bit longer, like go, you could put him in, um, do the blocking, be able to run like, you know, that, you know, the screen routes and whatever you need to do. And he's just a cold weather. Like he played in new England. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, he's going to be cheap. Um, I also think if Dion Lewis from being a Patriots fan, the guy is a, I freaking loved him when he was on the pads. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? My thing is that, like, the guy wants to win football games, you know? So, you go put him in Buffalo, which is a team on the rise. Probably the favorite out of the AFC East this year. Oh, that hurt to say. And, um, yeah, why not? What's your take? I think he's going to Seattle. Um, not particularly because they necessarily need him, but... You know, Carson, Penny, those guys, they're not – they can do it, but they're not spectacular at it, catching the ball out of the backfield. That's Lewis's specialty. Um, I think he could kind of carve out a same role that he had with the Titans last year of just – you know, they'll put those other two in there to bruise, and when they need a spell or it's third down, hey, here comes Deion Lewis. Those other guys, they can't stay healthy either. That will give them the flexibility to kind of manage their minutes a little bit. Yep. Um, so I think, I think it's Seattle. I think they'll get them cheap. I think it makes sense. they got the cap room for it. Pete Carroll's a guy, you know, he's clever. He can figure out how to really put him in there and use him effectively. And I don't know, something about a Russell Wilson, Dion Lewis backfield, yep. that, that underdog team up just is fascinating to me. So my only thing about that is, is like, I wish it'd be the Bills over the Seahawks because I see no fantasy relevance with him in Seattle. Oh, yeah, absolutely not. No, there'd be none. With the Bills... Maybe he gets enough targets to mm-hmm. kind of like feel like it's like like a poor man's Tyreek Cohen. Yeah, um, or at least he's the number two guy. Should Singletary get hurt? Right. You know. So um, yeah. So I think mine's more like wishful thinking. Like, oh, this is where deal. I want Dan Lewis to be good. I'll admit that all day. You know. Um, all right. So we're moving on to wide receivers, which is there's one guy really worth talking about in this group. All right, and it's Robbie Anderson who, to me, um, is such a polarizing wide receiver. Like, he's been, like, on the verge of a breakout for, like, three years, feels like, you know? So, he's a burner. He can, like, you know, his jump ball's unbelievable. So, this is a guy who's just a freak athlete, you know? So, the team that made the most sense for me was Philly, Eighth month cast base, you're looking at eight to fourteen million a year for him. Wide receivers, they need badly. Alshon Jeffrey, Djax, never healthy. You know, JJ Arcega Whiteside really didn't develop like they were. Big swing and a miss. You know? Greg Ward was their best receiver at the end of last year, right? You better believe I traded him to a Philly fan this year. <laughs> so um yeah, so Greg Ward was their best receiver to end the year. They need a wide receiver. So you go out, Robbie Anderson's right there. And not only the fact the fact that Robbie Anderson's the best available guy, right, is that 
his speed and his ability to go down the field and jump, it's perfect for Carson Wentz, dude. Carson Wentz has a freaking cannon, you know? So if you're looking to find a guy that's going to stretch the field and air it out to, he's the guy, you know? So I like what he opens up with that team. I still think they go out and draft somebody, you know? But I like Robbie Anderson. Now, the other team I thought about I wanted to say was, was Houston, but that team's an absolute mess, so I have no idea what they're thinking, you know? <laughs> and not to mention, like, do they really want to invest in a wide receiver right before Watson leaves? Mm. I think we might be seeing a tank in Houston this year, just saying. But anyways, what are you going to say about the pack? Uh, excuse me, I already gave it away. Robbie Anderson. Yeah, so I, I think he's going to lead with the Packers, land with the Packers, and I had a backup of the Raiders, but... As I'm looking at it now, they just signed Nelson Aguilar to a one-year deal. Oh, they like guys you can't catch. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you nice. got Philly Fireman in there. They're catching more balls. Um, so anyway, the Raiders are out because if they were going to make a move, they'd obviously would already picked up Anderson. Anyway, right. I think you know the Pack. They're desperate for a wide receiver too. They finally have a proactive coach who's willing to you know commit to the offense, put some weapons around Rodgers. And I think they're really hoping to bring that into what everybody wanted it to be in the dark days of McCarthy. But right. Who who's their wide receiver too? I mean, you and I before were talking about Alan Lazard, yeah. Jake Kumaro. <laughs> like for real, this is where we are. This is Aaron Rodgers and his gang of hooligans that he's dragging around with them. You know, outside of Devontae Adams, there's nobody. Right. The Jimmy Graham experiment failed. Now they've got the kid Sternberger at tight end who they are sticking to because they passed on Hooper. But that doesn't seem like enough. Even if he is going to be good, if he's going to be an effective tight end, that's it. You got two pass catchers. Yeah. They can't they can't begin the season like that. And I think they're a team with too many other needs to really, you know, think, hey, we'll get it done in the draft. Right. And I think they don't have a lot of cap room, but I think they get clever. They restructure some people. Yep. And they and they bring in Anderson, you know, not probably for the 12 mil that Anderson's looking for yep. that I've seen before, but apparently the phone's not ringing for him. Well, that's so, the other thing, too, is that, like, if he was worth the money, I honestly think Philly already have him because Philly right. has yeah. the money, you know. So if if they're looking to restructure and he gets a lower deal than, like, Packer Philly, that's a coin toss as far as I'm concerned. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um I hate to say it, like, if I had to pick, I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers. You know what I mean? If you were uh, Anderson. If I was Anderson, yeah. Right. But at the same time, like, you know, Philly had a really difficult year, too. I mean, Packers, you know, got in the playoffs, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, I think either of those make sense. The only one that made more sense to me was the Philly just because of the money piece. But if they can restructure and make the money work, I could totally see him on the Packers. Now, yeah, before we or, move, if he'd, or if he'd take less. So, let's just talk about, from a fantasy standpoint, some guys that are buys. Uh, I think Alan, Alan Lazard and uh, Kenny Stills from Houston are big buys right now. Um, I happen to have them both on my dynasty team, so if you're in our league, you should totally be hitting me up right now. You should not. You should not. <laughs> talk to you better real-world stock market advice for what's happening right there. <laughs> Just so every ROS was know, they're like my eighth and ninth receivers. Well, I'm like, I'm fine. So, um, next guy we had on our list was uh, Manuel Samuels, who obviously signed with the Saints. Uh, I thought the Jets might have been a good fit. 
Uh, you would thought the Bengals. Um, yeah, I thought the Bengals were going to bring him in. Yeah, I don't really want to spend a ton of time on here, but um, here's my advice on Sa- on Samuel on Sanders. There's a fantasy boost right here that I feel like, from a dynasty standpoint, you should be seizing the day on this right now. Sell him now. I mean, sell him like this week, and kick the tires. If you can get like a mid second for him, you score. All right. I don't care if you're a contender. I don't care if you're rebuilding. Sell him. He's old. He's not elite, right? And Drew Brees is almost done, you know? So I have him. I've obviously won two titles in a row. I'd sell him tomorrow. Tau titles. Huh? Tau titles, not two. Oh, yeah, Tau. True. I... (laughs) Guy makes one mistake in a minute in text, <laughs> and he's been hearing this ever since. Um, so, anyways, by the way, toe. Um, <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah. So, like, my whole thing is that I don't know, man. I mean, I would sell him for a second, and if you're gonna get less than that, you just keep him, I guess. Unless you're in a rebuild, if you get an early third from him in a rebuild, why not? Like, yeah. he's not gonna do anything for you in a rebuild. Like, if I got an early third for him in this draft, I'd be like happy with that. You know, I so, think if you're a rebuild, you could get a second for him right now. You should. I mean, he absolutely should be commanding that. If you're in a rebuild and you have Sanders and you're not talking to the guy who won last year, you're wasting an opportunity. You know? Yeah. Like, or the, I guy, would probably, or the guy who just missst it. The guy who's who just your, missed who's it. Your runner up. Yeah. Yeah. The guy who like made it in the sixth spot. You know what I mean? Like, know your league, man. Like, know the kind of people that might want that guy. Like, that's what you should be doing. Sell Sanders if you got him. Anything you want to say about Sanders? Um, No. I, I just, I'd echo all those things. You know, he's still, he can still ball. He was good with the Niners. He was good with the Broncos. You can definitely sell his numbers and turn it into some real value. You know, you get a second this year. You're talking a Brian Edwards, you know, some good receivers that are still going to be on the board. Yeah. I if, if I had him right now and I was rebuilding, I would try to do – a second this year and try to get a third in 2021. Ooh, nice. Like, just get that one extra piece. Always try to take that trade, the extra mile, but don't get greedy. Just make it be like that <laughs> little bit of it, a little bit of extra. It always comes back to you, just like Dallas Goddard did to me one, one year. So, anyways, um, Perryman. Brashard Perryman. It's our last guy. I don't want to spend too much time on him. I think that he had a good year last year for who he is. Um, I think I found a great fit for him, and that would be Denver. Strong arm QB in lock. He's a deep ball guy. Even with this signing, they're still going to draft a wide receiver. They're desperate at wide receiver outside mm. of something. You know? So you got Perriman at the other side stretching the field. You know? So then, then you can try to look at the slot guys. And then the other thing, too, is you, Perriman's not going to call for a lot of money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So from a depth perspective, he's a great signing, too. You know? So, you know, Perriman and Sutton, you got a little bit something there. They're desperate. They need it, you know. So that was my guess. And you had an interesting prediction. This is another one to me that just screams Patriots retread. You know, kind of a a one-trick pony. He flashed a little bit last year, but outside of that, he's been a dud. And it also just seems to – that seems like the Bill Belichick I'm going to troll everybody, like him bringing in Damari Bird the other day. Yeah, he, Tom, Tom Brady leaves, and his solution is, I'm going to sign a cast-off wide receiver today. And I think he's going to do the same thing with Perriman and you know, 
I believe in Bill, so it'll all work out in the end. But I think he yeah. ends up there, and I think it's it's for cheap money, and Bill finds a way to kind of plug him in and use him, and he's okay, but he's fantasy. Right. Open. You know, so a Dante Moncrief. Right. Dante Moncrief. So I would say Paramount, if he ends up in Denver or, or the Patriots, depending on what how deep your league is, I could see him, like, as a late-round flyer. That's it. Yeah. Like, if you're in, like, I don't know, if your draft goes over 20 rounds, any round after that, I could see him being worth it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, like, Dynasty Startups, no reason. No reason to be picking this guy. <laughs> unless it's, like, your last pick. You know what I mean? So, um, but, yeah. Now, a guy that no one needs to be picking is Devin Funches. Do you have any faith in Devin Funches being fantasy relevant? No, none. I think he ends up in Denver as just a red zone jump ball guy. Um, but I can't imagine he carries any value at all. Fair. He sucks. He stays in Indy. I don't want to talk about him. Moving on. <laughs> um, Delaney Walker. So we're moving on to tight ends. Delaney Walker, like, he was a, he was a stud for a long time. He's aging. Um, this, to me, is a Patriots retread. This is the Pats, you know? Great low buy for a contending. You know, he's a great low buy guy for a contending dynasty team right now, but it it does depend on his landing spot. Like I wouldn't go, like I would give up a fourth for him right now before he signs because it's totally worth the dice roll. Like what are you gonna get as a fourth as a rookie? You know? Yeah. I mean, I I, I drafted Tony Pollard last year and I struck some gold there, but that's rare, dude. You know what I mean? That fourth rounder, like if you're contending, especially you're in tight end premium, you know. That he, he's totally worth it in my mind, you know? So he got a fourth before he signs. It'd probably be a good idea to roll that dice, you know? Um, I mean, if you're in a league that does fifth and sixes, then obviously start with your six and see what you can get and just kind of move around and see if you can get try to get him, man. So, um, yeah, what did you have for uh, Walker? I think he's going to the build. I think Walker still has some game left. You yeah. Know, he, had, he had that brutal leg injury. And then he's splitting time with Jonu Smith. Um, and I just think he's still got something to bring. And I think he could be fantasy relevant. I had him landing with the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, they took Dawson Knox last year, and they, they invested a little bit in him. They took him pretty high uh, for a tight end. But then they got Tyler Croft. They've got Jason Kroom. None of those guys were particularly good. Knox ended up being kind of the alpha last year, but he had a bad case of the drop season. I think the Bills are really thinking that they're going to make a push this year. You know, the AFC East is kind of wide open. As long as Adam Gase runs the Jets, they're going to be a dumpster fire. The Dolphins are clearly in rebuild mode. Who knows what's going on with the Pats? I think the Bills are thinking with this extra playoff spot, they're in. Right? There's no way they right. don't make the playoffs. And that seems to be a weaker part of their offensive game. You know, they got Diggs. Now they have John Brown, Singletary. They do something else in the backfield, maybe through the draft, or they sign somebody. This seems like an easy upgrade at tight end. And I see them making this jump so they don't have to rely on these younger kids or these ones that aren't particularly pass catchers to really solidify that end and make a push. So I think if you can get him for a fourth, I'm all in on that. Buy him all day. Okay. Even even if it's not Buffalo, he's still going to carry some relevance. But for me, that's where I'd like to see him end up. Okay. I love him on the Bills. Uh, Let's talk about his, uh, his floor. Versus ceiling on that one. What do you think his ceiling is if he ends up on the Bills? On the spot. 
In like a tight end premium? Tight end premium. Mid tight end two? Mid tight end two. You know, definitely definitely a bye week hero. Um, if he's there and he's getting the snaps. So that's your ceiling? Yeah, I'd say that's the ceiling. For cuttable? Yeah. Okay. If he ends up on the Bills and he stays healthy, I see him as a back-end tight end one. Ooh, nice. I really like that take, Sean. And from a floor standpoint, I would say he would be cut for injuries. So that's the big thing. If he can stay healthy and he's on that team, and I think Josh Allen's starting to develop as a QB a little bit and Knox had some of that. The only thing that worries me about that is Knox kind of like working into his his, uh, playing time and some targets. But... I believe Walker still has something left, and if he gets in a situation where they're going to trust him and he's going to have some red zone ability, he's he's tight independent. That's what it all is. He's Jared Cook. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. When it comes to that. But I, I'm i really high in the Bills this year. I think the Bills are doing some really good things, and um, I hate saying that with all my heart. I, I can't <laughs> believe that came out of my mouth, and I really wish it wasn't true, but it's true, you know? So, um, yeah, I mean, if he stays healthy and ends up on the Bills and he gets the opportunity, he could totally be a tight end one. So, um, back end, back end, like 11, 12, all right? So, um, but anyways, yeah, that's a good one. So, um, Eric Ebron, side with the Steelers. I predicted the uh, Packers. Um, you had predicted the Pats, whatever. Coming here. We got it wrong. So, um, from a fantasy perspective, I'm actually down on him with this move. Um, I don't understand why Vance McDonald's all of a sudden like not usable. I think the thing about Vance McDonald is like Vance McDonald can block, you know, and the way the Steelers play, like they like their tight ends to do both things. And Ebron's not a great blocker, you know. He he's he's a guy's gonna hit there, so like I see him as more of a package guy. Um, I also don't think that he's. I think he had that big year with Andrew Luck. Like who wouldn't, you know? And um, yeah, I you know. But then the other thing, too, though, is, like, he's a guy to keep your eye on in the waiver wire. If he gets in some packages, like, in the first few weeks, anybody who plays with Big Ben is, has the potential to put up target to get touchdowns, you know? But then, like, think about, like, great tight ends that have come out of Steelers in those times. The, the great Heath Miller, the great Vance McDonald. Like, come on, dude. Like, like tight ends haven't been, like, studs with Rosenberger forever. You know what I mean? No. The only pro that I would pitch in for Ebron is who is the Steelers' biggest red zone threat right now? Mm. That's fair. And and just not being able to answer the question doesn't make me higher on Ebron. It's just the fact that you can't definitively say, well, AB's there, so he's nailing all the targets, or it's whoever. Um, Just the opportunity, I guess, would be there for the red zone. Yeah. Not that you should be screaming to go out and get Ebron, but... All right. It could be somebody worth keeping an eye on if he becomes the main target there. So we're an hour and seven minutes in into this podcast. So I'm going to give you the guy on the Steelers that I think is a buy right now off topic. Because if you're listening this far, you deserve this. Um, Deontay Johnson, dude. Deontay Johnson, there's a reality that he's the best receiver on the Steelers. I'm sorry. like like Juju probably is going to be a stud. Probably going to be like a top 12 wide receiver. 
Deontay Johnson led all rookies in targets, led all rookies in receptions. For all like he was a legit player last year. The kid was a beast of Toledo. Like we haven't got to see what he does with Big Ben. There's a reality where he's the best receiver on the team. Now, do I think that's going to happen? No, I'm saying there's a shot. But just the fact that I can even have that conversation, go buy him. You're going Johnson over James Washington. Oh, all day. All day. I think he proved it last year. Right. Absolutely. I agree with that. I support that. Yeah. Let me ask you another I, Steelers on the spot question. If I have James Washington, I'm selling him now because I believe that. You know yeah. what I mean? And the other thing about Deontay Johnson is is that, like, he's not going to be expensive right now. Like, you're going to be buying him as, like, a wide three at best right now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's maybe top 30, you know? But he has potential to be way over that ADP. Um, I'm really upset I actually drafted him last year and traded him. I got some great moves, and I went to trade back for him to our buddy J-Pow. He's not budging, so I'm really upset about it. But, um... That's why I'm going to say, like, go buy him. I tried. I lost. What are you going to do? But um, go ahead. Ask your question. Where are you ranking Benny Snell, and are you buying him? I'm not buying Benny Snell. I'm not buying anything from the Sears backfield. At all. Okay. Nope. Not even as a high handcuff for James Conner when he inevitably nope. gets hurt for most uh, the, of the series. The, the reason why I don't buy on James Conner right now is is that the price tag's too, too high to buy. Oh, you know? Yeah. Like. I mean, he's still going back end one in startups and redraft. It's crazy. It's insane. There's no reason to be doing that. You know what I mean? So, for me, like, I would be buying him as, like, a back-end two. You know what I mean? And it's not the fact that I don't think he could be not be a top running back. He totally could. I just have no confidence in it, you know? So, you're literally just banking on the fact that, like, I believe in him. There's nothing solidifying your opinion on that except for your 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 heart. Like, please, man, that's not going to win any titles, you know? So, so you're not um, trying to buy Benny Snell at all cheap nope. in case Connor gets hurt? Nope, nope, When nope. Connor gets hurt, okay. Nope, nope, because I also could see them drafting somebody. True, fair. You know what I mean? Like, why wouldn't they? Like, Benny Snell was like, what, like a sixth-round pick? Like, th- like, the right guy falls in in the right spot? Like, I could also see them – I could also see, like, a guy like Deontay Freeman hanging up in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. That's a good landing spot. Yeah, so, like, those are all things that could happen. Like, Benny Snell – for the record, too, like – Am I not buying Benny Snell because I don't believe in Benny Spell? No. I actually think Benny Snell could, if he got the opportunity, I think he could easily be a guy that you could start every week. You know? Yeah. I don't believe in that he has a firm spot for opportunity. That's what my problem is. So, so again, if you made it into one hour, ten minutes, you got a nice little, <laughs> you got a nice little Easter egg there. Um, all right, we got two more guys, and let's wrap this up. All right? So, um, yeah, Jordan Reed's on the list. Um, this, like, <laughs> who cares? He's never, never, <laughs> ever healthy. But anyways, I said, uh, Cowboys, uh, Jerry, Jerry Jones loves athletes, loves living in the past, rechecks both blocks. If Jordan Reed could ever stay healthy, he could be a wide receiver. He could be a tight end one. He honestly could be. He's that good of a player. But anyways, who'd you have? So I think he ends up in Seattle because he can't stay healthy. The kid has so many mm-hmm. concussions, I can't even imagine right. he's putting a helmet back on. Um, I just think, you know, they got Will Disley out there. They got Greg Olson, and that's kind of a gruesome twosome, but they're both perpetually injured. And I can see Seattle bringing in Reed as just a third option, somebody that could be reliable should the other two be down at the same time. Right. 
and just to kind of to pad that depth chart a little bit because as good as it looks when they're healthy, it is incredibly unpredictable. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, I, I totally found with that. I mean, for me, though, too, it's – who cares? He's never – like, he's probably <laughs> done. So I, I guess so, I add – Gun to your gun. head, if you had to trade for him, what would you give up? A seventh? seventh oh and not in real life in, in fantasy nothing yeah, yeah. absolutely nothing you take the I bullet would, i'll take the bullet <laughs> and i'll just and I'll, I'll leave my team in not dave's hands <laughs> so, <laughs> um, all right zero time tower eifert stays with the Bengals, just like kate they'll never let go and nice. their hearts will go on through all of his future injuries go ahead Arizona. I mean, who else they got, right? Eifert's going right. to cost him no money. Throw him in, see what happens. Yeah, fair enough, man. So, uh, all right, that's it. That's the list. So, um, yeah, so those are some of the guys that we talked about. Um, you know, some of those guys have fan in, some of them don't. I think the big thing about it is, is like, you know, we're really going to see where everybody lands at the end, and then all three of us are getting in the mic and really give you something, like, special when it comes to talking about, like, what it means for their landing spots and, like, what it means for their draft capital and dynasty startups and, like, for trade targets. So, uh, yeah, we just got to get to the end of this wild free agency year. and um, It's been amazing. Yeah, it's been phenomenal. It's like Super NFL offseason knew we all needed this. Absolutely. Sean, can you tell them where to find you on Twitter, buddy? You can find me at FF underscore Walrus on Twitter. All right. You can find me, FF underscore Banterman on Twitter. And you can also find my writing at the Dynasty Football Digest. I just put out something about C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy and why they are indeed ahead of the class and why you need to stop pretending like Jalen Rager is part of that class. And uh, you can also see the Jalen Rager fanboy, FF underscore Spaceman, on Twitter. And you can also find his stuff at the Dynasty Football Factory. So, Sean, let me just say, man, it has been an absolute pleasure sharing the mic with you for the this first time together. This is fantastic, Banter Man. Thank you very much. All right. So, for Tale of Two Rivals, we'll see you on the next time. All right. Dude, it was like really nice not to talk about advanced analytic crap for once. <laughs> I mean, I was going to pepper in some BMI stuff, but I didn't want to put you to sleep. I know it's a little late. I've heard enough about BMI in my life.